0: Good morning, fellow Constitutionals. Welcome to the Free For All Friday edition of the Dan Clemish Show, a Christian political talk show. I'm your host, Dan Clemish, your constitutional warrior fighting for your right just to be an American. It is June the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2018. Remember, we are a hyphen free, PC-free zone. God is still in control and he does love you. And I'm broadcasting live from the Hemlock Studios here in the beautiful central Susquehanna Valley in the great Keystone State. And I... I I haven't been doing this lately, but uh, you know, on, on the Friday shows, I'm trying to get better at doing all this stuff. Um, I do have a chat room open at, at YouTube. I'm using the new Streamlabs OBS, which has Super Chat on it, so you, so your chats will actually be able to be seen on my screen. However, however I do reserve the right to delete those chats because this is a Christian political talk show. Uh, I don't want... I do not want, nor need, nor desire to have any vulgarity in the chat. If you want to say howdy to me or ask me a question that's pertinent to the show today, I'll do my best to answer it. Um, if it's a, if it's going to take longer than what I can on the show, I'm going to direct you to the contact page over at com, and just hit the contact and shoot me the email. And I, I'm, I said that last week. I haven't seen the email from the person that was asking me the religious questions uh, in the... Um, in the stream. So I just, uh, I don't know what to do with it after that, you know, cause I can't get, I can't get in contact with them again. So, uh, the chat is open. I am on Facebook at the Dan Clement show. Just looked that up. I also have the, my personal page at Dan Clements. I'm on Twitter at the com. And, uh, let's see here. Of course, if you're on YouTube here, you're already here. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. And I'm on Blueberry. Uh, iTunes and Stitcher are my two big ones. I have to check them again. It's been a while since I checked them. Um, I got allergies, so my nose is just a little bit stuffed. I've been spraying uh, my allergy medicines and taking my taking my allergy medicines and, uh, and my saline solution and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's a work in progress, folks. Oh, my. Anyway, um, I, I forgot to bring up the show notes for today, so give me just a second to... Uh, Uh, do that Uh, as always want to keep those uh, keep those up here in case something happens with uh, my feed or my uh, browser over on uh, my production computer Um, today I I titled the show how to protect our freedom and liberties because our freedoms and liberties no matter what side of the the political scale you're on whether you are pro-freedom or you're against freedom, and that's how the that's the paradigm I choose to use anymore, uh, because the left-right paradigm for me doesn't work anymore. It it just absolutely doesn't work anymore, and I'm just wondering if I'm not the only one out there that thinks that that it that it's not working anymore. And the reason why I say that it's not working anymore is because you get too many uh, nuanced responses. Well, they're they're just they're left to center, or they're center-right, or they're center-left, or they're just left of progressive, or, or or it just keeps going down. You know, the the, the, the gradation is huge. Uh, that's almost as bad, seriously, it's almost as bad as uh, uh, the number of genders there are in the world. Even though there's only two, people want to try to uh, con you into believing that there's a lot more than just two. So how to protect freedom and liberty and it's not just our freedom and liberty that we're protecting uh, if we lose our freedom and liberty here where are people going to go where where are they going to go and that's that's a good question folks it really is uh, I came across some uh, um, articles at fee.org. I'm going to share with you uh, and uh, a couple really good ones there but the reason why I picked this topic this morning is because the Supreme Court case with the uh, uh, master, Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop, the, the bakery in Colorado, <clears throat> the decision that was made on that, and both sides are just, you know, I've read, I don't know how many articles I've read since the decision, since the fourth, but uh, <laughs> uh, both sides, very few people actually get the ruling right. Uh, I think uh, well, I know Ben Shapiro got it right. Um, it was a narrow in scope decision, but it was a seven to two decision. It wasn't narrow that way, but it was narrow in scope that they slapped down the discrimination board in Colorado because of the way they handled the uh, cake bakers faith and how mean spirited they were towards his faith. And I have a couple articles on that. I got one from The Nation, which is a very left-leaning um, publication. And they, they're, they're thinking this is going to chip away at the freedoms from the LGBTQ community. And we're going to talk about, in the, in the light or in the, um, the scope of freedom and liberty, we're going to talk about discrimination. And I know I'm going to say some things on here about discrimination that some people just are not going to like. But they're not my personal feelings. They're something that over time has evolved. Uh, I am—I'm uh, not so hard and fast on these that I cannot be persuaded with truth, facts, and logic t- to dismiss these. You know my principles as far as it, as far as it, uh, discrimination goes. But I- I've read a lot of arguments. Had a lot of people, you know, try to. Uh, Beat me down on it, as it were, uh, on Twitter and Facebook, and they, they really don't come back. <laughs> they really do not come back with any reason, logic, or truth. Usually, what happens to me is I get they start calling me all sorts of names: of racist, misogynist, uh, homophobic, Islamophobic. If we're talking about Islam, and it just goes on and on and on. And I keep, and I don't even, once it hits that part, I quit engaging with those people because the only thing I write on there is uh, when the debate is lost, insults become the tool of the loser. And I've even been taking a task about that. Oh, you're calling me a loser. Well, what do you call them? You know, it's, and really it's, it's apples and oranges. It really is. And so and speaking of apples and oranges, besides my orange shirt that I have on, I did promise you that I was going to uh, finish up the, my uh, rebuttal on the news broke on the socialism that I did two, two Fridays ago. And uh, I was pretty under the weather the week before last, and this week I was trying to get caught up on a lot of other stuff. And I do apologize. I have those ready to go. Uh, I have to do a little bit more script editing, and once I get the script editing done, that'll be this afternoon, I'm going to shoot them either today or tomorrow and get those posted out on the web. They're really good, uh, and the reason why it's taken so long is I, I really want to get the points across about how socialism, uh, even 21st century socialism, isn't what people think it is or, or what progressives want you to believe uh, that it is, and this, and this works right into my theme today about how do we, how do we protect freedom and liberty? You know, because the, the, uh, the cake baker, uh, CrossFit, uh, you heard about that controversy. The CrossFit executive is fired after saying LGBTQ pride is a sin. And again, discrimination, you have to look at what you're discriminating against. And I always, and I'll give this to you early on so you can ponder on this, It's, to me, discrimination is when you're discriminating against somebody for something they can't help being. Blacks. Minorities. People of color, if you want to say that. You know, because that encompasses more than just blacks. You know, we're talking about uh, some Latinos, Asians. You know, it it runs a gambit. You cannot help what color your skin is when you're born you're with that that color of your skin unless you try to change it like Michael Jackson did that's with you the rest of your life you had no choice in that no control over that you had no control over what gender you were born whether you were male or female I'm showing here I got a hot mic going on here okay whether you were male or female Because there's only two genders. You heard heard me talk about this before on the show. And science backs me up on this. There's only two genders. Physical, scientifically proven genders. Now what the transgender community out there wants you to believe is that sexual genders have nothing to do with gender identity. And they're wrong. (laughs) If, If you are a man thinking you're a woman or vice versa, you have a mental problem. You have a mental issue. And it's not something you're born with as far as being you know, sexually confused that way. And I know people are going to hate me for using that word sexually confused. And the same way with homosexuals, whether you're gay or lesbian, whether you're man or or, or woman, you know, homosexual man or woman. They keep trying to say that they're born that way. And there's one definitive study that they've done on in the LGBTQ community that cannot be refuted, and so far I've not seen an argument to refute it. A lot of times they'll just leave it alone, and that's the the identical twin study, or studies. There's there's multiple studies out there, and basically what they do is they look at they take identical twins as adults, and one claims to be gay and the other one is not. The other one's straight, and People, you know, again, the LGBTQ community, they claim they're born this way. Well, if that's true and it's in your genes and you can't help it, then wouldn't both identical twins be the same thing? Either straight or gay or transgender or queer or whatever. Whatever term you want to use. And so when I talk about discrimination, I talk about it on, on its most natural logical understanding that for me to discriminate against you because you're of a different skin color is wrong. Is wrong cuz you you couldn't help it. You couldn't help what color uh, your skin was when you were born or your scientific gender man or woman. I don't think we should discriminate against either one of them. Now I use a different set of priorities or, or principles or whatever you want to call them, guidelines, when I'm hiring somebody. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I really don't. I'll hire you on the merits. Who's gonna do the best job for me? Who's going to fulfill the parameters of the job that I set down? And sometimes a man and a or woman can both do that same job. And I I will pay them the same, regardless of their other gender. But if one or the other, I don't care if it's a man or a woman, if they cannot meet up to my parameters, uh, my my hiring parameters, and can't do the job the way I want it done in the the time I want it done, is that discriminating against either one of them because I use merit and I use objective standards? No, that's not discrimination there. Now, some people would say it is, but that's not discrimination there at all. But we're all turned around in today's society. We have this like this CrossFit. I just saw this yesterday. I thought, you know, this would fit good with what I'm talking about in the show here. Here we have a group of people, the XYZ community, whatever it is, whatever letters they have on it now. We have this community out there up in arms about what this man, and we'll get into the stories here later on. Uh, what he said about uh, pride, you know, gay pride being a sin. And he's absolutely right. Matter of fact, pride, uh, unfounded, uncontrollable pride that, that encompasses, that, that overshadows everything, that's a sin. Now, you can have pride in your work. Which, that's okay, but if you go look at that, you know, when when Jesus was talking about, you know, the uh, pride of life, uh, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye. You need to get in there and, and, and study that and figure out exactly what he's talking about. But we'll get back to pride here. And this guy lost his job over that because the LGBTQ community said that he was discriminating against them by saying that. And again, I, I was on Twitter. I said a few things on Twitter yesterday. Not to, not to stoke the fires, but to say this is ridiculous. The man did nothing wrong. His religious beliefs, his Christian beliefs, says that what these people are doing is a sin. The Master, M- Masterpiece Cake Shop, his beliefs said, that what these folks were doing especially wanting him to make a wedding cake for their wedding he disagreed with on religious on a religious basis and a matter of fact there was some I was I was reading some uh, I didn't get them open in that but I was reading some articles where there were some gay folks that were actually supporting uh, the masterpiece uh, cake shop and one of the one of them was David Rubin he's gay and he's married, lives out in California, uh, whether that has anything to do with it or not. But, but he had some words to say about that. And he sided with the cake baker. Here, here is a, a gay man, a homosexual man, that is siding with this guy, saying that, that this guy should not have to bake a cake. And, and a matter of fact, it's not even, it shouldn't even be discussed under the principles of discrimination. Although it is, it's a, prop, it's a private property rights issue. All the labor that that man puts into this cake shop, all the money expended to create the cakes and everything, that's his personal property until money is exchanged hands or goods and services of equal value have been exchanged for that cake. Whatever cake, uh, uh, cookies, whatever it is. It's his personal property to dispose of as he sees fit. And if he doesn't want to sell it to you, he shouldn't be forced to sell it to you. It's his personal property. Again, he can do what he wants with it. If he is discriminatory in in the fact that he just won't sell it to black people or Asian people or women or, you know, white men who wear glasses, whatever the case may be, that's is it okay? No, it's not okay that he discriminates against things that people can't help. But is it, is it his prerogative to do so? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And what's going to happen in the free market? Word's going to get out that this guy is doing this and, and people are going to find this behavior reprehensible and they're, and people are going to quit buying there. And then the, the owner of the cake shop has two choices. Either he goes on down the path he's going or he repents and backs up and says, you know, look, I'm I'm sorry, I was wrong, you know, I, I shouldn't have done this for these reasons, and you know, try to try to build back up his business and ask forgiveness. Sometimes they, they can. A lot of times they can't because the other side isn't as forgiving as one side is. And, and I'll just come out. I'll just come right out and say it. The side. The folks that side with the LGBTQ community at all cost, and says it's discriminatory, or it's discrimination to not work with them, not partner with them, not sell things to them, or certain objects to them, uh, is discrimination when it's not. Again, we're talking about we're talking about things that they choose to do, and I know it's I, I, I like I said a lot of people are going to get upset with me. But again, I go back to that, the, the, the identical twins studies that they've, they've done on homosexuals and, and you know right down the line, right down the alphabet there. And no, that's, they're not born with it. That's, that's nurture. That's not nature. That's nurture. Uh, that these, these uh, boys and girls are getting confused at a very young age. And it's no wonder they're getting confused because kids are being so sexualized uh, so early in life. As far as putting these pressures on them, I see nothing wrong with a mom and dad being supportive of traditional male-female roles. I see nothing wrong with that. And, I, and honestly, and there's a lot of things, I'm only 56 years old. When I was in junior high, they had home ec in junior high for girls only. And not that I didn't like shop, but I already had, I had two different shop sessions in my school day. And I had a paternal twin, my sister, Deanna. And she wasn't able to get into shop, so we had the same initials. And in the school, they, didn't, they only put your first two initials and your last name on your schedules. So I told my sister, I said, look, I said, I got a shop the same time you got home ec. I said, why don't we just switch? She said, great. So she went to my shop. I went to home ec. Guess who got in trouble? I did. But they didn't find out until after the Christmas break. (laughs) I got in trouble, but my sister didn't get in any trouble for it because girls were allowed to go in and take shop. But boys weren't allowed to go in and take home ec. And not that I was real big on discrimination or anything back there, but I I just felt that that was wrong. I said, why can't a guy learn how to cook, and how to sew? I I, I was really good in cooking class. I got I, I'm pretty sure I got a, A's and B's. I wasn't really good in the sewing class. Uh, I was decent in the embroidery class, though. I did a really good job embroidering. I actually enjoyed that. But I got I was the one that got in trouble. But see, that's to me those aren't Cooking in the house, cleaning the house, those aren't traditional. I mean, traditionally, years ago, that used to be the case that the, that the wife took care of the house and the husband supported the family. But in this day and age where we're so heavily taxed, and, and because of that taxation, some of our freedoms and liberties are taken away of what we want to do, that traditional roles had to be thrown out the window. I cook, I clean, I do laundry. Not as much as my wife. But I pick up the slack. And I do, I, I do as much of the outside stuff as I can she takes care of the flower beds because that's what she likes doing. I do not like taking care of flower beds. I, I used to take care of roses, but that's a different story. <laughs> There's a reason why I took care of roses uh, when I was a younger man. But getting back to the discrimination and everything, traditional roles aren't traditional anymore as far as the man and the woman and what they share around the house and stuff like that. But was that discrimination against me by the school because of my gender? Yes, that was discrimination. Nothing wrong with guys taking home ec. I think they call it life skills now, but back in my day it was home ec. And and uh, trust me, guys, it was in junior high. I was the only guy in home ec. I was the only guy in home ec. Now you just think about those implications for a minute. <laughs> And I did. I got picked on about that, too. I got bullied about that. But the bullies who, who bullied me soon found out you don't bully Dan because Dan stands up for himself. You know. So I put a kibosh on that real quick. But well, the, the problem is nowadays you can't do that with the bullies, the bullies in, in the LGBTQ community that think that they're being discriminated against because you don't want to participate in their wedding ceremony with with a cake and trust me i've been to enough weddings uh when they when the uh cake bakers come uh they usually stay there for the wedding to make sure everything because sometimes you have to take the cake down they want to stay there because they're the ones to put it together and they know how it comes apart and and they can take care of all that stuff so that they're they're that's an intimate part of the ceremony and if someone's not comfortable with uh, a gay wedding ceremony which i'm not why should they be forced to by the state or being bullied by these groups to participate in something that you find abhorrent to yourself and your values and your principles where does my religious freedom end and your discrimination begins again if if you are something you can't help your skin color your gender that's not discrim- that that would be discrimination if i discriminated on that on those bases you know of, of something that folks cannot help being but again i want to turn it back around on the lgbtq community that's a choice you living that lifestyle is a choice you're not born that way you chose to live that way and if i choose not to participate I'll say you stuff all day long. I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Christians selling, you know, or even being friends with LGBTQ community. Because you know what? As a Christian, we, we're we not to take, we're not to sequester ourselves away from the world. We got to be in the world. How else are we going to carry the, the gospel of Jesus Christ to folks if we're not in the world? How can I, and not that I hammer them that they're sinners, but how can I share the, the, the good news of the gospel with folks in the LGBTQ community, if I don't have any interaction ever at all, that would be stupid on my part. That would be insane. That would be silly, on my part to do so. But to, but to take it a step further, to be asked to do something, to be part of a, a marriage ceremony between two men or two women, or two trans, or you know, it, it could go on and on. I'll just keep the the, the same sex marriage be asked to participate in that by baking a cake putting well wishes on that cake and 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 being there to serve the cake and all that kind of stuff um i i don't think it's discrimination for somebody to say no i I, it goes against my beliefs i'm not going to participate in that and again the lgbt community they go right off the rails with that i mean they just they they're so offended by that and a matter of fact in this case with the masterpiece cake shop that couple drove like 120 miles from where they lived, past 20-some bakeries, including Muslim bakeries, to go to this specific one. Now, he may have such a reputation of making such beautiful cakes that they're willing to go those lengths, but when, when he said no, that he wouldn't do that, that, that he doesn't make Halloween cakes, and there was something else that he doesn't do either. Uh, and there's a, several thing, occasions he won't do you know so i think he's very consistent on his beliefs and his principles and what he does but anyway there everybody's up in arms about this and and this again feeds into what i'm talking about our freedoms and our liberties if this is allowed to go on if the lgbtq bullies are allowed to get away with their bullying where will that end well that'll end with less freedom and liberty for everybody including themselves And it just, to me, the the one thing that I just, I can't get my mind wrapped around is the way the LGBTQ community supports Islam. If Islam ever got control of the United States of America and all of our laws and stuff like that, guess who are the first ones that are going to go? It'll be the folks in the LGBTQ community, and I think that's wrong. I think that's totally wrong. That that would happen, yet they support them. It just to me, they're honestly people that do that. I don't think they're thinking right. I really don't. All right, here. Let me get down here. Do I get? Hmm. I guess I didn't put it in there. I had I had my advertiser anyway. You go to the Dan show.com, i got four or five advertisers over there. Castos Podcasting is my number one this month anyway. If You go over to the show.com and click on the Castos um, ad that's in the middle of the page there. It'll take you over their site you know, using my link. And for $15 a month, you can host unlimited podcasts over there. And every Friday when I do a show, I also break out the audio and put it out in the podcast because people listen to it on Stitcher and iTunes and Blueberry. And if you want to start a podcast, it's real easy to do. If you want to keep control of your podcast feed, your RSS feed, the whole nine yards, you got to stay away from the big, you know, like the like um, iTunes. You can put them iTunes, but don't originate them on iTunes. If you know what I mean. You want to originate them on your own place. You'll have your own control. If you have a problem with the RSS feed, the folks over there at Castos, they got a fantastic technical crew over there. They will get you fixed up. They helped me with an issue for Stitcher, and they helped me with an issue for iTunes. So if if you plan on starting a podcast, I can't think of a better place for hosting and storing your podcast than Castos. Podcasting. A matter of fact, there's, I I didn't get a chance to put it up here. Uh, They were interviewing a bunch of folks, and I'm their fourth show. uh, It's called Podcast Hackers. If you want to write that down, Podcast Hackers. And it's by Castos. I'm on the fourth show uh, that they did. And uh, it was, I enjoyed myself on the show, and and it was a really, really, really good interview. Okay, today's. Daily Bible reading is from the, the Epistle to the Philippians by Paul the Apostle, Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not, sincere, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. There was a group of folks back then that were preaching gospel because they were envious of Paul and the, the things that were happening around Paul, or they were doing it like some of the televangelists today out of selfish ambition. And this is something that we need to be careful about that uh, when we preach the gospel that we don't, do that that we're not doing this for selfish ambition and so this is this is great because paul when he was confronted with this he said what then only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth christ is preached i thank god that christ is preached because maybe maybe if it's someone that i have never really come in contact christ is preached to them and they read the Scriptures and find out for themselves maybe the denomination that they're in isn't preaching the whole truth of the Gospel. They'll seek out a member of the Church of Christ that's spoken of in the, in the New, New Testament in the first century and, and, and become further educated on the Gospel uh, and uh, the, explain the Gospel more perfectly. Today's quote meal comes from O's Genius. I didn't look that up, but I thought that was pretty pretty neat name there. Thinking Christianity is thinking by Christians about anything and everything in a consistently Christian way. In a manner that is shaped, directed, and restrained by the truth of God's Word and God's Spirit. I talk about this all the time on the show here. I don't say it enough, but my Christian walk informs the rest of my life. My Christian worldview informs the rest of my life and i don't see any contradiction there i don't i don't see where that's a a burden on anybody Uh, it's definitely not a burden on me that i want to i want to look at the world through christian eyes and so that's to me that's the only place i i can be that's the only place i want to be okay now today's uh short bible lesson is over here in um by Jeff Miller, PhD, over at Apologetics Press, and it's called An Introduction to Christian Evidences for Christians. And he had, they have a whole series of, on this. They have a whole series that you can watch DVDs about. You can read articles about this. But Basically, they get into the introductory courses of apologetics. Now, all, all apologetics are is a way of arguing uh, in defense of something. That's all apologetics means. You're not apologizing for anything. You're just it's a way of arguing in support of, and it's the introduction to Christian evidences for Christians. And folks, I tell people this a lot, and especially the 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 skeptics. I don't I don't run across too many uh, atheists. They're either agnostic or they're skeptics, uh, humanist uh, that that just don't don't believe in a god or they never really read the Bible. I really love the ones that, that say that they're well-educated. When you ask them, have you read the whole Bible, they, they'll tell you no. I'm, I have yet to run across a skeptic or humanist that has read the whole Bible. I know there's some out there. I haven't run across them yet. And God has put in, on purpose, weave them throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, evidences that he is who he says he is and that he, he can be believed when he says something. The Bible is not a scientific book, but every place in the Bible it talks about science. It's factually correct. It is not a historical book per se, but every historical event that's in there is accurate. And and especially the historical events and the archaeological events, they go hand in hand. um, They are confirmed through secular science and secular research. The other ones, archaeology. Uh, the best one I know is Hittite Nation. And this is one of the first ones I learned when I was a Christian. For the longest time, people on just this one thing, that, that the Hittite Nation was never found in antiquity or archaeology for thousands and thousands of years. And so these skeptics would glob onto that and say, therefore, the Bible is not true until 1946. <laughs> in 1946, archaeologists found the Hittite nation. And they were like, whoops. <laughs> yeah, it was a big whoopsie. It really, really was. And so, again, we, you have to be very, very careful when you're talking about the Bible and when you're talking about evidences because the evidences that are spoken of in the Bible are true, they're noble, and they're search, searchable. The evidences, the evidences that are left in nature are the same way. Everything about this planet, every plant, animal, microbe, everything, screams, screams intelligent design. And yet, so many people out there want to just neglect that, or not even neglect it, just ignore it outright, saying there's no way. And I sit here sometimes, and I try to wrap my head around, how in the world could this planet have evolved Knowing what we know, cosmologists know about the universe and how planets are formed and stuff like that and how inhospitable a newly formed planet would be if evolution was taking place, there would be no chance for life. In my opinion, there's no way life could have sprung up and and to the extent it has now to where we're so symbiotic with nature. We breathe out carbon dioxide. Plants breathe in carbon dioxide. Plants Plants breathe out oxygen, we breathe in oxygen. We need we're, we we them both, we need them both. And and to me, again, I don't know how these well-educated men and women can deny that there's intelligent design. Now it doesn't say doesn't tell you the nature of the designer, other than it's he's an, he's an orderly designer. That everything he's designed, there's a purpose for, and there's an order in it, and there's a very good order in the universe. Okay, I'm not going to dwell any, any longer on that, but you can go over there to Apologetics Press and see that for yourself and, and, and uh, actually look that up. Now, how to protect freedom and liberty. The only way, the only way you can protect freedom and liberty is with freedom and liberty. I cannot go, and this is something I got an article here we're not really going to get into, but it's by Murray Rothbard. He was an a Austrian economist and very much against the state as it is today, or as it was in his day. He, he didn't die too many years ago. But it says, no state is morally fit to spread global freedom. And how have we been, and this is something that, that really grates me about the, um, About people who, and I hate saying this because I served in our military. I believe in this country. I believe in our founding principles. I believe in a limited government as put forth in the Constitution. I believe the people of the United States and the states have fallen down on the job and allowed the federal government to get out of hand. And we need to put the genie back in the bottle. But if you go over and read this, and I said all these links will be at thedanclemmisshow.com. Uh, Episode 985. But no state is morally fit to spread global freedom. And in today's world, you can rightfully say, I know there's people argue against it, but you can rightfully say that America has been acting like an empire throughout the world. Yes, we go and set people free. But then what do we do? We give them a system of governance that is incompatible with freedom. And liberty. We give them a... I, I remember when uh, they were arguing back in Iraq, you know, back in the, the late 2000s, where they're arguing, what 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 kind of governments, governance should we install in Iraq? Well, first off, it shouldn't have been up to us at all. It should have been up to the Iraqi people what they wanted. And I read so many papers on this, so many articles about these... Uh, uh, scholars out there saying, well, the, the the best one, and it's even better than the United States, is a parliamentary government. And I, the first the first one I read about that, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. There is no stability in a parliamentary government. Because at any time, you can have a no vote of confidence and and kick out the prime minister Force elections like Theresa May did. Now she's the prime minister. She was force elections, to try to get a bigger, uh, a bigger number of people that were in her party in government. It backfired on her. But they don't have a stable government. The only ones that have a stable government are ones that actually have a written constitution, and even then, it's not like our constitution. And again. Let me me emphasize this. We, the people, and the states have fallen down the job of governing the federal government. The states, especially, have allowed the federal government to usurp the authority of the states that's put forth in uh, the Ninth and tenth, Tenth Amendment to the point to where they are actually taking freedoms away from us. They're taking freedoms away from us. You have a state like California. That is trampling over the premise or the, the priority or the enumerated power of the federal government when it comes to immigration. Because if you go back in the Daniel Webster's 1928 dictionary and you look up naturalization, I, I get in arguments with my libertarian friends all the time, it doesn't that naturalization has nothing to do with immigration. It has everything to do with it. They're defining that term in modern language instead of going back and seeing what they meant what the founders meant daniel webster wrote that dictionary and had it published in 1828 do you think he only it took him a year to write that dictionary no it took him many many years and many much research i don't know how many people they had working for him while he was doing it but naturalization has everything to do with making citizens out of immigrants making citizens out of foreigners and that is an enumerated power of the federal government. The states have no right to set any. They have no right to make sanctuary cities. They have no right telling their police officers that they, they can't arrest people. Even, even if they find out during an arrest for something else, like a traffic stop, and they find out that they're illegal immigrants. A lot of these sanctuary cities, the police aren't even allowed to arrest them for that. So here we have a state like California that not only doesn't pay attention to the federal government and, and stop the federal government when it's doing unconstitutional things, the state of California is doing unconstitutional things because it's a, it's a power that the states gave the federal government, the, the power of naturalization uh, of citizens, you know, or of folks, of people. So no state is morally fit to spread global freedom, and I wholeheartedly believe that. It's just like no state is fit... To preach the gospel, because the vast majority of the immigrants to the United States or to the colonies, to begin with, were fleeing religious persecution. Because every, and when I mean every, when I say every, I mean every. Whether you're talking about the Nordic states, whether you're talking about the UK and Ireland, the United Kingdom, England at the time, their colonies. And Europe, they all had a state-run church. The Protestants and uh, even, or, uh, uh, Episcopalians were fighting against the Catholics. Catholics were fighting against them both. Um, we're going to talk a little bit quick here about William Penn, who was a Quaker. They both hated the Quakers. Uh, so when it comes to morality, the even in... And the reason why I bring this article up, is a good article by, by Murray Rothbard. I ask you to go read this. Um, even when it comes to things within our own borders, the state is not morally fit to spread freedom. What is the state fit for? Defending freedom and liberty from both domestic and foreign instigators, as it were. They're good at that. The state's actually really good at that, and that's what they should be sticking to. Let folks like me, like Tommy Robinson, uh, the folks over at uh, uh, Mises.org, Fee.org, Tom's Wood Show, um, Louis Ro- or not not Louis, Louis Rothbard uh, or Murray Rothbard. Lou Rockwell, I get them mixed up every now and then. Folks like that that, that, that fight against the state, fight against the overreach of the state. Those are the people we should be holding up. The Constitution Party. The Libertarian Party, for, for the most part, fights against the Leviathan of the state. And I'm proud to be a member of the Constitution Party. I'm glad I left the Republican Party. I'm glad I never was a Democrat. I don't know if I'd live with myself if I was ever a Democrat. <laughs> but no state is morally fit to spread global freedom. And I, I submit to you, no state is fit to spread freedom, period. And that's what's happening today. That's where I think a lot of Republicans and conservatives go off the reservation. Because we go over to these countries, whether it's right or wrong, whether we have uh, congressional approval or, or uh, you know, uh, committing us to war, it doesn't matter. What we do after that and pull our troops out, I think, is just as important as when we go in to, to punish the bad guys, as it were. And I see too often that when we pull out that we're dictating the terms of their government, of their government to the people that were defending, liberating whatever the whatever your choice of words are and when we do that and we enforce on them a, a system that does not protect support or defend freedom or liberty and the country goes sour in 5 or 10 years what what do we expect what do we expect these The sometimes these folks over over, you know, around Afghanistan, the Middle East and stuff, a lot of times these populations, they've never known freedom like we've known. Especially the women in a lot of the Islamic states, the women have not known freedom like women over here in the United States have. They don't know what to do with it. They don't even know what it is and they're scared of it. They're afraid of it. So what do they do? They go back to their old political system. And time and time again here in the United States, we see the same thing happening. When illegal, illegal, illegal immigrants come from Mexico, I'm just going to pick on Mexico for right now because they're real close, when they come here, or and I can use another example, when folks move out of these very progressive states because the taxes are too high and they move to other states where the taxes aren't too high, what, what do they do? Whether it's someone coming from a second world country or someone moving within the United States, what happens more times than not? They vote politically to impose the same system that they just left. They left for a certain reason, but honestly, I don't even think they know why they left half the time. And, and taxation isn't the only reason people should leave a state. Because if you're too highly taxed, you got regulations on top of that that cost people money. And they regulate you clear down to what California is doing now with the trying to save water, conserve water, trying to get folks not to have only use 55 gallons of water a day. I think that's totally doable, but I, but is it, is it right that the government does that? And, And we're talking about California, the water shortages that go on out in California are made by the government. Because of all the environmental regulations they have about not not reservoiring water, rainwater, winter winter snowmelt and stuff like that. They're not allowed to do that anymore. There used to be a time where they didn't have problems with water. They had plenty of water, especially over in the San Joaquin Valley. They don't now. And the reason why is because the government has run amok. The government has taken away so many freedoms and so many liberties from the people. The people are not, for whatever reason, they're not voting these bums out. They're not kicking these people out of office. And part of it, part of the reason is they've been hoodwinked. They've been lied to for so long, and the lies sound so plausible and so true that they fail to do any research on their own, and they just believe the lies and vote for that candidate. And and the lies have been told so often and so long, people think that they are the truth, but they're still lies. They're still lies. Now, there's a couple of things here I want you to go over to, and I put the link up in on the show notes page. This is a a a, bun, a group of articles, and I was trying to get a hold of one that I had last night. I was reading it last night. I sent the link in an email to myself and went to bring it up on my desk, and they took the article down. A lot of times what they're doing is re-editing the article because uh, they were putting an article out on Thursday, every Thursday, and... and uh, or as close to Thursday as I can, once a month. Maybe. No, No, every Thursday, I guess. Anyway, I'm not going to belabor that. But this is articles here. If you're watching on, the, um, uh, on YouTube, uh, meet the Italian scholar who influenced Hayek and became a founding father of the Libertarian movement. Uh, Ludwig von Mises, when it says Mises, his, his name is Ludwig von Mises, never gave into evil. Here's a man that was over in Nazi Germany. And, and, and got out of there and came to the United States, and he was an economist, a great economist here in the United States. Uh, my father's role in the fall of fascism, the true story behind the 2017 bestseller Beneath the Scarlet Sky. Uh, Turgot, the man who first put laissez-faire into action. Uh, this Italian Catholic priest was a great scholar of liberty. And it goes on and on and on. These are good articles. I've read some of these before. I haven't read them all, but I've read a smattering of them, and they're very, very good articles. I encourage you to go over to Foundation for Economic Education, fee.org, and, and, and uh, bookmark them, put them on your toolbar, get notifications from them. Uh, when new articles come up, it's a desktop notification that pops up if you, if you like that. or you know I don't mind it. i got a couple screens, so it doesn't matter to me about the desktop um, notifications. But it's very good to go over and read some of these articles and see where they're coming from, talking about freedom, talking about liberty. You know, when, when we broke away from England and became the 13 states instead of 13 colonies, we didn't have somebody imposing a type of government on us. Matter of fact, the Founding Fathers and the Framers of the Constitution had looked around and seen if there was another political system that they could use... And, and they found them. Now, did they find bits and pieces of something? Yes. Yes, they did. I'm not going to take away from work of other people. But they couldn't find a system. They went with the Articles of Confederation. That wasn't working. And it just, it was a mess. And so they went and, and redid. Uh, They're supposed to redo the Articles of Confederation. They decided they couldn't do it. So we're going to sit down. We're going to debate this stuff. We're going to talk this stuff out. And we're going to create a new government, a limited government. And one of the founders uh, was William Penn. And I got a book of his up here, a very prolific writer. And this book is talking about faith, about Christianity, and about the Quaker way and stuff like that. And I've had friends recommend it to me that uh, I trust a lot. Uh, So I'm going to eventually, that's on my reading list to get to. But William Penn was America's first great champion of liberty and peace. This is by Jim Powell over at FEE.org, posted uh, March 29th of this year. And this is just a little excerpt, a couple paragraphs. William Penn was the first great hero of American liberty during the late 17th century when Protestants persecuted Catholics, Catholics persecuted Protestants, and both persecuted Quakers and Jews. Penn established an American sanctuary which protected freedom of conscience. Almost everywhere else, colonists stole land from the Indians, but Penn traveled unarmed among the Indians and negotiated peaceful purchases. He insisted that women deserve equal rights with men. He gave Pennsylvania a written constitution which limited the power of government, provided a humane penal code, and guaranteed many fundamental liberties. For the first time in modern history, a large society offered equal rights to people of different races and religions. Penn's dramatic example caused quite a stir in Europe. The French philosopher Voltaire, a champion of religious toleration, offered lavish praise. When William Penn might, with reason, boast of having brought down upon Earth the Golden Age, which is in all probability never had any real existence but in his dominions. Penn was the only person who made major contributions to liberty in both the New World and the Old World. Before he conceived the idea of Pennsylvania, he became the leading defender of religious toleration in England. He was imprisoned six times for speaking out courageously. While in prison, he wrote one pamphlet after another, uh, which gave Quakers a lit- a literature and, and attacked intolerance. He alone proved capable of challenging oppressive government policies uh, in court. One of his cases helped secure the rights of trial by jury. Penn used his diplomatic skills and family connections to get large numbers of Quakers out of jail. He saved many from the gallows. Folks, they were putting these Quakers to death in England. Despite the remarkable, or Europe too, Despite the remarkable clarity of Penn's vision for liberty, he had a curious blind spot about slavery. He owned some slaves in America, as did many other Quakers. Anti-slavery didn't become a widely shared Quaker or position until 1758, 40 years after Penn's death. Quakers were, were far ahead of most other Americans, but it's surprising that people with their humanitarian views could have contemplated owning slaves at all. That, to me, just goes to show you nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. But William Penn set up here in Pennsylvania the 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 kernels of thought and experiments in liberty and freedom when it came to like trial by jury and religious toleration and about compensating the Indians for their land. And and this I just I have to say this one point here. A lot of these people talk about us stealing all the land from the Indians here in the United States. What about a guy like William Penn? Did he, did he steal? I mean, did he steal all those? I mean, did, oh, darn, I opened up the wrong one. I have to shut, hang on a second, folks. I hit the wrong button here. I just wanted to make sure I was broadcasting because the, uh, hang on just a second. I'm using my, I'm using my cell phone uh <clears throat> remotely for my slobs anyway we have here an example in pennsylvania where there's a story uh i think i read it in in, in uh, an article about william penn and the government here uh, people came to the state capitol to try to find legislatures or, or you know folks of the the legislature and stuff like that and uh couldn't find anybody uh, because they, they didn't have a lot of, um, uh, they didn't spend a lot of time at the Capitol. They, they felt that they had enough laws in place to take care of everybody, and they, they convened when they, when they had to. So, it, it's, it's, again, it amazes me about this, but he was one of the first here in the United States, uh, in the colonies, to put forth these ideas of tolerance. Now, in modern America, we, we have tolerance backwards. I, I'm tolerant of a lot of things. But just because I won't be governed by those things or I won't allow my life to be controlled by those things doesn't mean I'm discriminating against somebody. doesn't mean I'm bigoted. It just means I have principles that I live by and I'm not going to allow them to be changed by bullies. And, and to me, that's what... Sometimes that's what tolerance means, you know, the, the the tolerant are the ones that are forcing toleration on everybody. And Again, it goes right back to my, you know, the government it has no moral authority to uh, about liberty and freedom. That's up to us. We, the people are the guardians of, of freedom and liberty here in the United States and throughout the world. And we should set a, <laughs> Do We want the world to be more free and be, you know, and, and, and have the chances that we've had over the over the 200 plus years that America has been in existence then we need to be the example of freedom and liberty to the world. We the people, not the government, we the people. And show the world that, yes, the people can keep the government underneath control, that the people are sovereign over the state, whether it's the state government or the federal government. The people are sovereign because the Founding Fathers recognized that all the tragedies and all the the, um, um, tyranny that happened over in Europe and England happened because... They, the governments had it upside down. They had the kings as sovereign over everybody. And sometimes the kings would set up a government and sometimes they wouldn't. Actually, a monarchy is a type of government, but you know what I mean. They would have advisors and stuff like that. They would set those up. And, and, and the lowest people on the rungs were the peasants, the serfs. And the founding fathers, when they got to really looking at things and really had a little time to breathe because they were out from underneath this oppression, and could put forth these type of ideas without fear of reprisal from the government, that these, these bright men during the Enlightenment who founded this country sat down and said, you know what? People have always come before governments. People have always come before countries. Therefore, the idea of the people being sovereign over the governments is a pretty basic premise for mankind. It's a real basic premise for mankind. And it's something we need to run with here. And that's exactly what they did. But today we have politicians that don't realize that we have senators that think they're above everybody just because they're a senator in the United States Senate when they're not. They are senators and representatives and, and yes, even the president of the United States is in subjection to the lowest as far as class or economic standard in the United States. They are in subjection to those folks. And I know some people will be be sitting there saying, Oh, that's heresy. (laughs) You can't say that. That's heresy. No, it's not heresy. It really, really isn't. All right, let's get over here real quick to... um, I got two articles here. I'm going to read the one from the Washington Times. The other one I have, I'll just show it here. It's from the Nation by Sarah Posner, and like I said, they're very progressive over at the Nation. Um, Justice Kennedy's narrow ruling could open the floodgates for other suits desi- or designed to chip away at LGBTQ rights. Now, that right there is inflammatory to begin with. Um, court, Supreme Court sides with Christian Baker and same-sex wedding cake case, and that would be by Alex Sawyer over at the Washington Times, posted on the 4th of of June of this year. Uh, The Supreme Court granted a limited victory Monday to a Colorado baker who refused to make a cake for a same-sex couple, finding the state showed fierce hostility towards his Christian beliefs when it ruled that he broke the law with his refusal. But the 72 decision does not establish a First Amendment right to refuse services to same-sex couples and will likely lead to more tough legal questions for justices as a case involving a florist who opposed same-sex marriage hangs in the high court purview. Instead, the decision suggested a roadmap for states such as Colorado, which have public accommodation laws, to use in evaluating cases that pit First Amendment religious rights against anti-discrimination protections. Now, Let's get back over this other article here real quick. They're afraid. Sarah Posner is afraid that this narrow ruling, and it's a narrow ruling. It, it's not the. It, it was narrow in margin of of justices supporting it. It's a seven to two decision. All right, to slap, you know, slap on the wrist the the Colorado uh, Accommodations Commission, discriminate Discrimination Commission, and Sarah's thinks it's a, this narrow ruling could open the floodgates for other suits designed to chip away at LGBTQ rights. What rights... What rights were violated by this couple? Or what rights did the couple have that were violated by the cake shop? I, I rarely, if at all, hear that question asked. What rights were violated what rights of the same-sex couple were violated by the cake shop owner not wanting to participate because of his beliefs in their same-sex marriage or make cakes designating that. he doesn't make halloween cakes and i can't remember there's a couple other ones that he, he refuses to make because of religious beliefs but what rights were violated now some will say well the right not to be discriminated against. And again, I go back to the beginning of my show. How were they discriminated against? He would sell them anything else in the in the, in the uh, store. Matter of fact, he had gay he had gay customers that came into his defense. And and again, uh, Dave Rubin. He's well known on the internet, especially in the political internet and free speech internet. He's gay. He's married. lives out in California. I don't agree with his lifestyle. But me not agreeing with his lifestyle, what did that take away from him? What rights did I violate that I don't agree with his lifestyle? It didn't violate any. Their rights were not violated. It's a personal property rights issue here. That cake... His creations are his personal property, and he can sell them or not sell them to whoever he wants. Let the free market take care of him from there. And that's, that's the biggest thing it just sticks in my craw about this whole thing. These bullies over to LGBTQ community, the bullies in the progressive, the humanist progressive movement in the Democrat Party, will take me to task on this every single time. Because they'll they'll claim that it is discrimination when it clearly is not. If I choose whatever, all right, I weigh 300 pounds. My ideal weight or my best weight that I've ever been at was 225 when I married my wife and I was working out at the gym every day. I was a a hoss back then. But... The work I chose, the lifestyle I chose, and and the choices I made not exercising led to me being over 300 pounds. matter of fact, my heaviest I've been was pushing 370. Like I said, I'm I'm down to 300. And and hopefully with this working out three days a week with my therapy, uh, I've lost 30 pounds since I started the therapy last fall. Hopefully I can lose another 30 pounds next year. (laughs) I'm at a plateau now. But, But my choices led me to that. That's a choice, and if someone discriminates against me because I made a choice, perfect. Give you a perfect example. We have the amusement park, ten miles down the road, out out here. There are certain rides I can't get on because of my girth, and they'll even tell me that. Matter of fact, I, I know that in my own head that I'm not they're not be able to get that bar locked across my waist. I tried it before; it's very very uncomfortable. Now, maybe when I get down to 225, uh, which is my goal, maybe I'll be able to ride those rides. Is that discriminating against me? No. There are safety concerns involved here. And besides, my weight is my choice. Now, I realize some people don't have, and we're talking about governing for the majority, not on the fringes. I know there's some people out there that have thyroid problems, can't control their weight. I understand that. But when you make a choice to live a certain lifestyle, and somebody doesn't agree with that or, you know, I, I could have sued for discrimination because of my weight and saying, why aren't you building these bigger so big guys like me can write them? And there's probably safety concerns involved in that too. And I'm, I'm fine with that myself. I'm not going to make a big stink out of that because I got this way because of choices in my life. And it's just like uh, big folks on the plane. Sometimes they have to buy up two seats because they're that big uh, I've known people who have flown uh, that carry a seatbelt extender with them because they know the seat belts aren't going to fit them in the planes so they just they carry that extender with them and they have to pay for two seats again is that discrimination you know like I said i I, I think the the LGBT community has. Uh, They they think everything is a right they have a right to everything that they want not knowing that everything they want is not a right just like health care is not a right and I'm not going to get into that but I just want to make this point I want to make it as clear as I can the gentleman there and and I know they got his name down here uh, Jack Phillips did nothing wrong in withholding the making of a wedding cake for this couple And their rights were not violated because all they had to do was go to another shop. And evidently they did because I heard that they got married. So someone made them a wedding cake that didn't didn't matter, didn't bother them a bit. And you know what? Again, what rights were violated here? Like I said, you can try to use discrimination as an argument. I I wouldn't. I'd caution you in that. Again, especially, how, how do you define what is, what is being discriminated against? So it, this, this was a narrow ruling. There are other rulings that are going to come down that's going to force uh, the Supreme Court to decide on where does our First Amendment religion, freedom of religion rights end and discrimination begins. And I think if the court's going to rule, right, and I'm not a lawyer and I'm not the brightest guy in, in, in the world if the courts are going to rule right, they got to define discrimination. They got to define is it against things that people can't help or is it against everything no matter the life choices of that person? Whether it's obesity, whether it's transgender dysphoria, you know, which that isn't really a choice, you know, if you have a mental health issue, that's not really a choice. But there again, you're making decisions about your life when you have a mental condition. That's pretty slippery slope in my, in my opinion, it really is. So again, we have to wait. There's going to be more decisions come down. And like I said, I told you where I come down on this on discrimination. And I, I, I believe with all my heart uh, that especially with homosexuals, it's a choice. It, it, they weren't born this way. Uh, there's plenty of evidence and proof and studies uh, that show us that it's, it's nurture, not nature. It's nurture, not nature. Now, let's get into this real quick here. Um, Crossfire executive who called LGBTQ pride a sin lost his job over this. And I have a, I have a, a there's a, a good article from The Blaze here uh, by uh, Sarah Taylor. She's a staff writer. She gets in the background everything. We're not going to go into the background. We're not going to have time to get in the background here. It's very, very long, and I'm already uh, almost a quarter after the hour here. Um, this is by Justin Wise, and this is, um, written on the 7th, uh, yesterday. A, uh, Crossfire Fit executive was fired on Wednesday after tweeting that celebrating LGBTQ pride is a sin. Russell Berger, a legal researcher at the company, made the statement while tweeting out his support for a CrossFit gym decision to cancel a workout and honor her pride month. Uh, as someone who personally believes celebrating pride is a sin, I'd like to personally encourage, uh, cross CrossFit infiltrate for standing by their convictions and refusing to host an indie pride workout. Berger wrote, according to Buzzfeed, the intolerance of the LGBTQ ideology towards any alternative views is mind blowing. Looks like CrossFit, uh, CrossFit's uh, Burger Russell deleted that tweet. So here's a, a screenshot, and they give links here and everything to it. And I actually saw those on BuzzFeed yesterday. CrossFit responded by initially placing Burger on unpaid leave of absence, but decided to take a harder stance just hours later. On Wednesday afternoon, announced on Twitter that Burger had been dismissed. The statements made today by Russell Burger do not reflect the views of CrossFit and corporate. For this reason, his employment with CrossFit has been terminated. Berger has since deleted the tweet later and later tweets in which he claimed that the tactics of some of the LGBTQ movement towards dissent is an existential threat to freedom of expression, BuzzFeed reported. CrossFit founder and CEO uh, Greg Glassman told the news organizations that Russell's views are appalling. And again, what's appalling about them? He he was talking about the sin of pride. And he's, he said It goes against his religious beliefs to celebrate that sin of pride. And again, I put to you as being LGBTQ uh, nature or nurture. Is it something you're born with you can't help? Or is it something you choose to do? And, And I've talked to homosexual folks and I cannot get them to answer that question. They will not. Most of them say, uh, most of them will go off on some obscure study about nature and stuff like that in the animal kingdom. And I said, well, you know what the difference between us and the animal kingdom? We, we got opposing thumbs and we can reason. We got reason and logic. We, got, we can sit down and reason things out. We know how to do math. We're not all, you know, our opposing thumbs. We can do all sorts of things with it. But again, are there other gems were there other gyms in the area that, that would be proud to have this? I don't know. But again, or maybe, I, I, like I said, this is a new story. I don't know if anything is going to come out in the future. Uh, just like with the Master Cake, Master, uh, uh, Master Cake Bake Shop, Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, that seemed to me all along a target. They were targeted. Drove 120 miles past 20 bakers. And they picked the one that was a Christian baker. I'm just saying. So I, I'm going to let this play out. I'm not going to get too much more into it. Um, let me read on here. He needs to take a big, this is from the CEO, Greg Glassman. And uh, he needs to take a big dose of, of shut the heck up and hide out for a while. It, it, uh, it's sad. Glassman said, we do so much good work with uh, uh, such pure hearts to have some zealot in his off time, do something this stupid. We're all upset. The whole company is upset. This changes his standing with us. What what that looks like? I don't know. It's so unfortunate. Now, he's speaking for the whole company. Does he know everybody in the company holds the same views that he does? Obviously not. Obviously, one of them didn't. And if there's one, there's probably more. They just don't want to say they just don't want to speak up about it. So again, Berger told BuzzFeed that he regrets making the comment, but that he still holds the opinion. My actual point I was making, I still affirm it, he said. A large group of members of the Indianapolis gym that canceled the LGBTQ pride event left the gym in protest. Uh, The gym announced uh, that it shut down operations on Wednesday. Again. (laughs) Who are the bullies here? Who are the bullies here? I don't think honestly I don't think this Mr. Glassman is is on the right side of this. I, I really don't. This guy made this guy made on Twitter he shared his, his thoughts and his opinions about celebrating pride. And he lost his job because of the bullying of the LGBTQ community. The gym was shut down because honestly I I wonder how many people who canceled their memberships at that gym did it out of fear of reprisal from the LGBTQ community. Oh, if I stay here, then I'm going to be painted with the broad brush like the, this Mister Brennan or Burger. Excuse me, this Mister Berger was painted with. I'm not going to have that in my life. I wonder how many. I wonder how many people quit the gym because of that. I know I'm only speculating here on that, but again, it, it goes to the question: How do you protect? freedom and liberty with freedom and liberty is there a lot of freedom and liberty loving folks over on the LGBTQ side of the equation I know there are some I know there are some but the vocal ones aren't I'm here to tell you right now they don't give two wits about your religion they don't and I've I've, I've run into so many bigots On Twitter and Facebook about this situation that have that have called me a racist because of this. You know, being a homophobic is the same thing as being racist. First of all, there's no such word as homophobia. I do not have an unreasonable fear of homosexuals. That's exactly what that means. And what they do, they broad brush everything. If, If they cannot win an argument on the merits if they cannot stand on reason and logic then they revert to this name calling this uh, kafka trapping this uh, personal uh, campaign of personal destruction that bill clinton and, and hillary clinton worked to fantastic and i'm not i'm not doing it because i'm praising them but just because you have to admit it to fantastic effect the the destruction of the, the personal destruction you know the scorched earth And that's exactly what's happening today. There's no sitting down with this. There's no sitting down with the LGBTQ community that I've seen with this burger and say, what did you mean by that? What did you mean by that? And sit down and have a reasonable conversation with this guy. Nope. Can't have that. Because this guy seems to be against us, against our ideology. Therefore, he needs to go. Where is the freedom and liberty in that? Again, I asked the question, where does my religious freedom end and actual, actual discrimination begin? I, you know, I put that out to the audience here. Two more things real quick here. I saw this article. I had to share it. Ben Carson. This was posted uh, yesterday. HUD now measuring success by how many people graduate out of government programs? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah by Gabby Greenspan. I love it. Go read this article, folks. This is where we should be measuring the success of these government programs, how many people do not need them anymore. And Ben Carson has it right. The success is how many people graduate out of these government programs. Do you realize that these folks that are in these government programs are slaves to the government? I'm I'm not ashamed to say this uh, because my family needs the money because of my condition, my fibromyalgia, that they can't seem to get under control uh, with medications and stuff like that. I do therapy three times a week or as much as I can. The pool was closed Wednesday for repairs, uh, and I can't do it two days in a row because it just wears me out too much, uh, but I, I do everything I'm supposed to do. And I've been jumping through paperwork hoops and my buddy Dave said I should sit down and write something up about this and do a video on what it all took me to get SSI. But in a way, when I'm going through all this paperwork, I feel like I am a slave. Or at least I will be a slave when I get on SSI because I can't do certain things. And I, I pray for the day that this, this show on YouTube, and my podcast and advertisers I have, the, the, the um, affiliate advertisers I have now, and hopefully sponsoring advertisers in the future will make me enough money where I don't have to have SSI. That's my goal. That's my goal of this whole thing. I ask you your prayers on that. But sometimes I feel like I'm a slave of all the regulations that I'm, I'm, I'm up against. When I was a truck driver, we had a federal DOT, which is unconstitutional. And please don't give me that commerce cause. You, you, most everybody I know that talks about the Commerce Clause is wrong on it. And uh, anybody that tries to use the Commerce Clause to allow the government to have greater, uh, greater authority over the nation is, is on the wrong side of that argument. I was a literal slave to the government. I log books. I had qualifications I had to pass all, you know that were at the government behest. And guess who would have been better at regulating all that? Our insurance company. insured. We actually, our insurance company actually had us do more in safety training than what the government required, and did more in in a couple other ways with with safety on the trucks and stuff like that. They said, if you want these rates, and you keep your safety rating at a certain, you know, a certain level, we'll give you good rates on it. And so there's a fiduciary incentive for companies, uh, insurance companies to help companies to be safe. Because we, we don't want the highways to be a slaughterhouse out there. And just because we get rid of the federal DOT, uh, ICC, and all that kind of stuff over the, the trucking industry, doesn't mean the highways are going to become a slaughterhouse out there. Anytime, and this is the biggest thing with progressives and humanists, I'm going to leave it at here, because this story here out in California, I want to circle back and get right back to California. Um, this is by Susan Crabtree from the Free Beacon. Voter anger over gas tax height in California fueled Cox's rise. Now, they were talking about um, uh, they passed a a $52 billion gas tax and soaring price at the pump were the driving force that propelled GOP businessman John Cox to the surprisingly solid second-place finish in the gubernatorial contest Tuesday night, according to several Republican strategists. Now, they've already come out, folks, and said... The, the pollsters have already said that he has no chance winning the governorship of, of the state of California. But to me, it's way too early yet. Way too early. And there's one thing that they keep failing to understand. Is the more popular Trump comes, becomes, the better the economy is. The more of a coattail that he has that he can pull some of these like governors Republican governors to the winner's circle. And California is one state in this nation that needs some common sense injected back into the government, cutting government regulations, uh, getting rid of the sanctuary cities, sanctuary state. New Jersey just became a sanctuary state, and people already uh, noting an uptick in immigrant crimes in New Jersey. They're not going to be busted for it. Sanctuary state, I'm an illegal immigrant. Oh, whoa, whoa. we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. So we, we have a state that is. Oh. We have a state out there in California that literally politically has enslaved. The nation or the, the, the state out there now, not to the point that people can't leave. I think that may be the next thing. Uh, that they, if, if people are selling and leaving the, the state, and I'm surprised they haven't done this yet, that they haven't instituted an extra tax on the selling of their, especially if they're sell, excuse me, selling a house. Now, if you are just rent an apartment uh, and, you know, you're, you're leaving, you just say, I'm going to another apartment and then st- step across the state line before they try to tax you anymore. Okay. Uh, but I'm surprised uh, that when someone's leaving the state and they're selling the house that they don't have, an extra tax on that, like an exit tax to get out of the state, to try to keep more people in the state. And, and thank God we still have that freedom of movement between states that we can vote with our feet and tell the states that we don't like, like New York and, and a lot of states up in New England, uh, California, Oregon, Washington, or Oregon anyway. Uh, there's people fleeing Oregon, and some people starting to flee Washington state now. Because, again, remember, remember a little while ago in the show here, I said people are bringing their politics with them and are voting the same way that destroyed the state they just left? That makes no sense to me at all, especially these illegal immigrants or even immigrants in general that come from these other countries, and they want the same political system they had in them other countries. And the reason why they fled them countries is because of the political system they had in their home countries, but yet they want to vote it in. they, they want. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane what some of these people are doing out there, folks. It really is. So it's up to us, folks. It really is. It's up to us to protect our freedoms and to protect our liberties that we have in the Constitution and that our founding fathers tried to give us. We need to take them back. We need to put the federal government back into its chains, and we need to do it soon. And we need, to, we need to get federalism going in this country. As big as this country is, as big as the population is, the only way that the people can govern this country is through federalism. That means the, the federal government takes its proper role according to the Constitution, and then the states administer the rest of it. And if you don't like what a state's doing, you leave. You pick up and leave. That's the best way to do it. So we need, we need more folks to be thinking about how we can protect our freedom and liberties. Uh, You hear me talk from time to time about the Convention of States. Uh, We need to get behind that. We need to find out what that is. We need to look at Article 5 in the Constitution and read that and understand that, that the states can actually put forth outside of Congress amendments to the Constitution and vote on them, ratify them, and they become part of the Constitution. And I have a, I have a book here real quick. It's by Mark Levin. It's the Liberty Amendments, Restoring the American Republic. Now, I don't get any money for this, uh, for promoting this. I, just, I got this book. I read through it in a day. I was so enthralled and so intrigued with the ideology in it, according to Article 5 of the Constitution. So uh, I have that here. I read through it once. I'm probably going to read through it again. Like I said, it's a really good book. But I encourage you to get that. I encourage you to read as much as you can about the founding fathers and about their ideas of freedom and liberty, and apply that to today's society. Need you to be thinking about about religious freedom and discrimination? Uh, if you think I'm totally off base, please let me know. Let me know in the comments down below, or again go over to danclimentshow.com and hit the comments uh, pay the comment tab on there, and you can send me an email and tell me how far off base I am about everything I'm talking about, and I'll and and be courteous about it because i'll be courteous back to you i'm not gonna you know throw you under the bus or anything but we you know i will use reason and logic uh, on many points and please don't write me a book please do not pontificate as uh o'reilly would say (laughs) i like that pontificate (laughs) i don't need any orations folks i really don't so all right there's the music that's the end of the show. Everybody have a great weekend and God bless and we'll see you on the next video. And folks, if you'd please, if you're not subscribed to the show, please subscribe to the show. Share it. Or subscribe, hit the notification button so you know when I put new videos up. Please share it with folks. Leave your comments. I love comments. I'll, I'll interact with you on the comments. Give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And remember, if, if, if you can, I have a Patreon page opened up. Put all these over there i have a paypal account please support me i need your support uh, to keep this going and to actually not to keep it going to actually make it grow i can keep it going with what i'm doing now but i really really want this to go into something special you know a, a, another news commentary service that a lot of people would go to and then they can trust and they can rely on it's been the dan clements Show, your host dan clements your constitutional warrior remember if you aim at nothing you hit it every time have a great rest of the day and please on sunday attend the church of god's choice God bless, and we'll see you on the next video.